Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 520th edition <coughs> Excuse me, of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective, our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. You get your daily reading from me over at jerseysportingnews.com. Come on in. Chat room is open. Talk amongst yourselves if you like. You have a question for me. We'll try to answer it to the best of my ability. We are three days away. Three days away to begin the final round of World Cup qualifying in the Confederation of North North America, Central America, and the Caribbean in football. The road to Qatar begins this coming Thursday, September the second. This, my friends, is the big sprint that we are going to have. Not a marathon anymore. It's now a sprint. Because of the coronavirus, because of the pandemic, the typical situation of qualification for a World Cup has changed. Not counting the month of November, which will be a standard two-match international window, we will have three. Three matches this month, three matches next month. We go back to regular in November, and then we go back to three at the end of January with one match in the beginning of February, and then the rest of it will be in March, at the end of March, three qualifiers all starting on a Thursday then a Sunday and then a midweek on a Wednesday with the exception of November which will be a regular Friday and Tuesday situation points are really now in a premium level points are now going to be huge This, my friends, is what we've been waiting for. Redemption. You could say we've already had redemption, defeating Mexico twice in the CONCACAF Nations League final and in the Gold Cup final. But in reality, the real redemption is qualifying for the World Cup itself. That is the real redemption, ladies and gentlemen. It was nice to win those trophies. It was nice to win a continental championship in the Gold Cup. And it was nice being a part of a brand new tournament and defeating your arch rivals twice 
within a little over a month. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. Everything was unreal for what we have seen for this U.S. men's national team. But now, it has to be said, now you have to throw out the Nations League title and the Gold Cup title, throw them out the window. Throw them away. Because right now, it's time for our men's national team to go out and it's time for them to pull out all the stops. And it's going to be on the shoulders, not just the starting 11 that we're going to expect from this roster right now for these three qualifiers, but the man in charge putting out the tactics and the formations. It is time for Greg Berhalter to go out there to put it up or shut up. We cannot afford to lose another trip to the World Cup at all. And even though there's no Trinidad and Tobago in this final round this year, Once again, you cannot give our opponents an opportunity to steal three points nor a point at any of our home stadium locations. And at the moment, Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, the Q2 in Austin, Texas, Lower.com Field in Columbus, TQL Stadium in Cincinnati. At the moment, four home games for our national team that we cannot lose. And it's no longer the Hex. It is no longer the Hex. It is no longer any wiggle room. It is now the Octagon. Side. Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Honduras, Jamaica, Mexico, Panama, and the United States. This, my friends, is what we have been waiting for. This, my friends, is the situation that is in front of us. And once again, I'm giving out this reminder to all of you supporting our national team. I am once again going to remind all of you, do not assume it is a cakewalk, because it's not. The only way we steal three points on the road or any points that can come the USA's way is if they go out and do a job outside of our home stadiums, outside of a Canadian 
soccer stadium or a Canadian Football League stadium that's going to be made to be played for soccer outside of the Estadio Azteca, which all the pitches are pristine. Do not expect the same pristine pitch that you will find in El Salvador, in Honduras, in Panama. You might be lucky in Costa Rica. Do not expect a beautiful and evenly played pristine pitch for World Cup qualification in the final round. It's called taking advantage of a home field situation. It's called taking advantage of a home stadium and the surroundings. Do not assume, but it's Panama. No. No. When you assume it's a cakewalk, that's when you have lost. And that's what happened in the last cycle, in the last four years of the final round of World Cup qualifying. Our boys assumed a victory, and they got trounced, big time, trounced, going home from Trinidad and Tobago, their heads buried in their hands, and their tails tucked between their legs, not qualifying for the World Cup, not going out there, and not finishing the job. These nations in the North Zone, the Central American Zone, and the Caribbean Zone coming for us. They are coming to take an automatic spot in the top three spots of the table, the octagon. And they're also coming for an international spot for a playoff. There's no need to assume it's an it's an automatic in an automatic entry. This is not automatic, folks. This is going to be a lot harder, a bit more difficult. All our kids need to do is keep their heads screwed on right, go out, and prove to the world not qualifying for 2018, not qualifying for Russia was just a blip on the radar screen. And show the rest of the world that we are back. That we are disciplined. And that we are a tough footballing nation to go out and do the damage. Mexico's a constant. Canada's improved. I believe El Salvador has also improved. Jamaica will be tough. Honduras will be tough. 
Costa Rica will be tough, and Panama will be tough. But don't assume it's going to be a win hands down. Go out, play your heart out, and do the job right. But it's also up to the head coach to have the best game plan possible to go out and do the job. He's done a good job so far this year, winning the Nations League and winning the Gold Cup against our most hated rivals. But now it's time to prove it again and to earn the most points possible. This is now Greg Berhalter's team, and this is what we need from him as American supporters of our national team. Go out, do the job the right way, don't panic, and the possibility of reaching Qatar will come to fruition. Very simply put. This journey begins Thursday, September the 2nd, down in El Salvador. This journey begins on CBS Sports Network through Paramount Plus app. And then joining in for home matches through Fox Sports 1 and ESPN, whatever games they get. It's time to go out, and it's time to show the footballing world what the United States can do and what this confederation can do as the improvements continue to get bigger and better It's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to get it started. I cannot wait to get this thing going. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, great show for you tonight as we will preview Tagon, the final round of World Cup qualifying, the final Round the octagon. Eight sides enter. Three automatically go to the World Cup. One goes to the international playoff, and hopefully from this confederation, they will be the ones to represent this confederation for a fourth time. It's exciting. It's fun. I cannot wait. And as we get ready to talk about World Cup qualifying, we're just waiting on my friend over in Canada to come and join me first. And that is my good buddy Dwayne Rollins, 24th Minute Blog, Soccer Today, part of the Sports Podcasting Network up in Canada. We are getting ready to talk 
getting ready to talk about this. We're just waiting for him to pick up the phone so we can go ahead and get this beautiful thing rolling. We're going to get ready to get this party started. And we're going to have some fun. So once again, you know, Canada, Canada having some fun, Canada really showing a lot of improvement here internationally. Tons of players going abroad, tons of players doing well in MLS. Of course, Dejan Buchanan is one of them, how he has really developed into a tremendous player. And, you know, under Bruce Arena, he has been unreal. He has been fantastic. And, you know, I I have to admit, I have to admit, John Herdman has done an excellent job John Herdman, who took over for Octavio Zambrano, taking over for the national team. And, you know, I I thought it was unfair from the CSA to remove Octavio Zambrano, who had a very good Gold Cup back in 2019. I I really thought that he did not deserve to be let go. But, you know, I have to say, and I have to admit it, I think John Herdman has really been a very important man to put Canada on the front foot. And I've always said this, depending on who it is, depending on what that person is going to do, you know, if it's a national team head coach, He wants to give belief to his players. Give belief to his players. And if you can do that, you can go far. I mean, I I didn't like the way it happened because I've always felt that Octavio Zambrano was always a... Very good tactician. I've always felt that Octavio Zambrano was always a guy that knew what he was doing. I I really felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. I felt sad for him. Because I thought he was sacked unfairly by Canada, by the CSA. All I can say is is that all I can say is that look, John Herdman has done an amazing job. He has done an amazing job getting Canada prepared, ready to go. 
And while he continues to call in some of the old guard for these international matches, you know, I, I have to say that the CONCACAF Gold Cup, that, could, that, that semifinal match could have gone any way possible. Canada put a scare into Mexico. I really thought Canada was going to surprise Mexico. And I really thought Canada was going to play the U.S. in the final in Las Vegas. That's how sure I was. That's how sure I was for Canada uh, in this past Gold Cup tournament in July and August. But I will say this right now. You're not going to you got to be careful when you face Canada in World Cup qualifying. You got to be extra careful now. This is the this is their roster. This is what they're going to be doing. This is what Canada is going to put out th- put out for these big time matches for World Cup qualifying and get to that World Cup since 1986 when the last World Cup was in Mexico in Mexico back in the day Samuel Ad, if I can pronounce it correctly I hope I do at Aid Kugby Milan Borjan Tejan Buchanan Lucas Cavallini Maxime Crepeau, Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, Stephen Estacchio, Liam Frazier, Donnell Henry, Junior Hoylet, Atiba Hutchinson, Alistair Johnston, Mark Anthony Kay, Scott Kennedy, Kyle Lauren, Richie Larea, Kamal Miller, Jonathan Osorio, James Pantemis, Samuel Piet, Stephen Vittora, Victoria and David Wotherspoon. This, my friends. This, my friends, is a strong roster for Canada. They have really, really outdone themselves. And all you can say for them is that this is one of those groups this is one of those groups and one of these teams that you really got to be careful against they have firepower plenty of young talent Alfonso Davies what can you say playing at Bayern Munich he has really really outdone himself Winning Bundesliga titles, winning the UEFA Champions League. I believe he is the first Canadian to do so. And what can you say? Just amazing to watch what goes on with Canada and how they have grown so good. 
This is what happens when you've got MLS clubs like Toronto FC, Club de Foot Montreal, the Vancouver Whitecaps doing well, developing players. Now the the implementation of the Canadian Premier League and Canadian players that have been doing well, doing very well, in MLS and abroad and now going from MLS to playing abroad like Tejon Buchanan who's going to finish off his MLS season and then when he's done he's heading to Belgium Bruges this is just amazing to watch just amazing to watch To me, Canada is one of those that can sneak up on you and find a way to go out and just steal three points or even steal a point on the road. You're seeing a Canadian national team where you would believe... The weirdest things are going to happen, and when they're able to do something good, it doesn't come to fruition. No, not anymore now. No, this this is a Canadian side that's definitely going to be dominating. And who can forget, when they get an own goal from Haiti, they put the ball in the back of their own net, and it was a uh, a Canadian born from a... Haitian family that moved and lived in Canada, lives in the Montreal area, and he makes a very bad blunder, and the ball goes into Haiti's own net, and that eliminates them from the final round of World Cup qualifying. It eliminates them from reaching the octagon. It is amazing to watch and it's amazing to see what is going on. And you know what it also speaks? It speaks of how much this confederation has grown. Maybe still needs a little bit of a swift kick in the rear end. But it goes to show you how much this confederation has grown. And I've always said this many, many times. You know, you want a healthy CONCACAF. You want a healthy confederation from top to bottom. You'll still have your minnows. You'll still have your teams that are not strong enough. And then you want to see those teams that go from being weak to solid to strong and then challenge the mighty sides of Central America, North America, as well as those Caribbean sides like Jamaica. And now you can say Curaçao is one of those sides too. Even though Curaçao did not make it to the final round in this edition, Bon Curaçao, they are going to be huge. They are going to be big. Do not 
fall asleep at all on Canada. Do not fall asleep on them. This is, without a doubt, a huge turn of events for the Canucks. They will be dangerous. I guarantee you that. Well, unfortunately, I guess Dwayne Rollins uh, is not going to join us tonight. I guess something has happened that I'm not aware of, and hopefully we'll have on Dwayne again somewhere down the road as uh, we get to World Cup qualifying. But uh, once again, it's a Shame we didn't have Dwayne on. Love having him to talk about Canada. And we're just going to have to wait and see what's going to happen down the road. So now we're going to move on. And we're going to have on a gentleman who... uh, is uh, a good friend of mine. I haven't had him on the show for a long time. He's been very, very busy. He is actually a producer for a regional sports network down in uh, Austin, Texas. You remember him as uh, Professor Jagu, who knows everything about Liga MX and the Mexican national team and is my friend, John Jagu joining us right now. John, are you there? Hey, Daniel, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you, sir? Oh, I think I got the wrong one. There we go. Yeah, you, hit the wrong, you hit the wrong button there. I man. hit the wrong, yep. I hit the wrong we, we've button. We've had yep, a very unusually, uh, an unusually cool summer uh, here in Texas, so it's been it's been nice. Um, you know, usually by this time of year, we're just fed up and we're, you know, hoping and praying that fall comes as quickly as possible. But it's been, it's been, it's been really kind of mild. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's the strangest summer I, I, we've had around here in, in a long time. So it's, it's been nice. Um, you know, I'm does not, mean, uh, does you, that mean, uh-huh. you, you, you're not peeling us off the parking, off, off the parking lot like it normally is. No, Really? Darn! I was about to say you're breaking out the winter coats. <laughs> no, no. I mean it's not that bad. But I mean, I mean, like we had one month. I think in July where like we didn't even like we're like we would barely even get to 90 degrees, which which uh, which I mean around here that starts in March. So this is uh, it was nice. It was uh, it was it was a nice break. Uh, uh, so uh, looking forward to uh, the rest of you. And I'm looking forward to these uh, to this this octagon. I think, I think it's going to easily be the most competitive uh, World Cup qualifying. Uh, that we have seen um, around these parts in a long time. There's uh, there's going to be some uh, teams that are going to be very upset that they didn't make the World Cup uh, when it's all said and I done, agree. I think. I agree with you, John. Uh, this is going to be amazing to watch. Uh, the octagon is going to be a knock-em-out, drag-em-out display of, I, I think, more intense than we've seen uh in past Texas, I, I really think we're going to have ourselves some big battles down the road here. Uh, and it's no longer a marathon, John. It is a sprint. It, this is going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you're right. I mean, they're going to have, you know, they have three games coming up. You know, most of the dates are going to have three days and it's going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to, 
it's basically going to come down to who has the most depth, and and I think that that's uh, I think that, that that's what's going to end up saving. Uh, it's definitely going to save Mexico, I think, uh, uh, more, more so than some of the other because they do, uh, you know, you know that that is the one, and I think the U.S. has has probably you know similar amount of depth. I don't think the other six remaining countries have that kind of depth, and I think that that's what's what you know it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, what. what, 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 what uh, what's going to determine who makes the World Cup, in my opinion, is going to be you know who does best on the third match day when they have these three match dates. If if you can win that match date, excuse, excuse me, I was there. <clears throat> no cough button on the radio. If uh, if you can, nope. uh, if, if you do well in the third match day, you know if you get uh, when there's like four, either three or four rounds where that match day. If you can get say, you know, eight points out of those. Uh, out, of, out of that third match date, then I think that you're going to qualify for the World Cup. So, I agree. Uh, the, the, I absolutely agree. Me, yeah, that to me is the key date. Yep. No, it really is. It, it is, and it's going to be very interesting to see what these teams are going to do. Um, so let me ask you, obviously, Mexico, um, I mean, I thought they had a very good tournament in the Gold Cup. Many people have picked them to beat the U.S. in the final. They did not. When you lose two continental tournament finals against the same opponent, against the same rival, are you still amazed that Tata Martino still has a job? Or did you think this is actually, this would be the more, uh, the more important tournament because you know you're you're going for a World Cup. You're going to, you know, this is what everyone works hard for to get to a destination, and playing the idea of getting out of the group and then having a big run in the knockout stages. No, I think that the uh, you know for, for for Tata, you know the the I mean I think there's definitely a little bit more pressure. I mean you know this, you know over the past 18 months, I mean how how can anybody. Uh, you know, you know, you know, be mad at anybody. You know, for considering, you know, what what the what this entire plan has gone through. I mean, you know, the the uh, the 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 uh, what, what was the first? I I'm, I'm losing my. What, what, what was the first? The 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 Nations League. The, the Nations correct. League final. Uh, you know that that's 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 to me. That you know that was a a good match. You know, and you know it was very even. Uh, you know, uh, it was and, and Mexico ended up losing. Uh, you know, the, this 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 gold cup uh, was supposed to be the gold cup where the Olympic team was going to consolidate themselves as part of, you know, you know who was going to step up to, to to consolidate themselves into the national team. Didn't happen. You know, they ended up having a really good Olympics. They ended up winning the bronze medal, which is uh, about where people thought that you know what would happen with them. They played really well. They took Brazil, the eventual gold medalist, to uh, penalty kicks uh, and, and and weren't able to. Uh, and defeat them in the semifinals, but but were able to to beat Japan in the uh, bronze medal match. So, you know, then then, then Tata has to play. You know, you know what's he going to do for the Gold Cup? Is he going to play it with, you know, with 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 a bunch of uh, scrubs, or is he going to is he always going to you know you know pick some you know some more seasoned national team guys? And that's what he ended up doing. And then in the first ten minutes, he loses his star player uh, when when, uh, when uh, Irving Lozano, who uh, frankly is in my opinion extremely fortunate that, that he didn't get injured worse than he did because he was what happened to him was, was, was frankly criminal. It was it was, it was really rough, 
And, you know, the, the one thing that people never talk about when it comes to U.S.-Mexico is, uh, you know, the, 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 that, that's one of the nice things about, about uh, you know, filing papers in court is that you get to see the, some, of the, you know, the, some of the financial statements. And U.S. soccer pays US, um, U.S. players a huge bonus if they beat Mexico. So, of course, they're going to be motivated to, to beat Mexico. You know, you know, more, and especially with some of these young guys where the, a bonus like that, is a pretty sizable percentage of their of, of their of their salary. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, I mean, of course they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna want to, you know, give them, you know, on top of you know the fact that it's a robbery to begin with, but they don't have that extra motivation. So it, it wasn't it, honestly, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, the one thing I, I will say that I think that what the Gold Cup did do to Mexico is is it proved that uh, Rogelio Funes Mori is an excellent striker, and he's someone that, that can be relied on when the situation that I knew would happen. Raul Jimenez, which he's not available for these three matches, we is going to be available, and we, frankly, we just don't know, uh, you know, when and if Raul is ever going to, you know, reach the the level that he was showing before his gruesome injury that he had uh, when 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 he fractured his skull back uh, last uh, was it last December? So, uh, you know, that 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 to me was was the purpose of the Gold Cup. You know, can Funes Mori can he gel with his teammates? And he obviously did. He had he had a, he had a as you pointed out, I think he had a a really good tournament. He didn't have a great tournament, but he had a really good tournament. And I think that because of that, I think that that, that will help uh, Tata Martino rest a little easier uh, than, than, you know, having no striker. I mean, he's got a – I mean, Funes Mori is, you know, he can play he, – he's, he's the classic post-up striker. He can play with his back to goal. But he can head the ball. He can play with his right. He can play with his left. I mean, he is, he is, a, he is a complete striker. He, he can do just about everything you ask him to do, and, and he can set up guys – you know he's he 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 knows what to do with the ball. He's not just a finisher. He knows what to do with the ball. You know, at his feet, he knows how to create space. He, he's a really good player. You know, there's a reason why Monterrey's had him on his, on their squad for going on seven years. I mean, he's a really 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 good player. And uh, you know he's you know until Raúl gets back and and Raúl you know I watched a little bit of his match with the Manchester United and he played well. He didn't get a chance to score, but he did play well. You can tell that it's been but it's it, it's going to take him about a month or so to get back into that. Rhythm of of uh, of being who who we hope he is, and and frankly, there's still no guarantee that 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 would even happen. So, in my opinion, it, the, despite losing the gold cup to the U.S., I, I, I think the, the the bigger goal in in my eyes was can Funes Mori gel with the national team? And the answer is yes. And unfortunately for for Tata, he didn't have that gold cup tournament to see which of his Olympics players were going to gel with the national team, and now he's going to unfortunately have to deal with that, you know, coming up in, in, in the octagon. But there are some players that are, you know, that, 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 that had a really good Olympic uh, tournament that are, that are going to, uh, wouldn't shock me uh, if, if that Olympic team ends up being the base of the, which is what I thought would have happened all along, be the base of the, uh, if Mexico does end up qualifying for the World Cup, be the base of that uh, World Cup team, which I think is what's going to, if they do qualify, is what's going to end up happening. Is that uh, you know we're going to see uh, you know probably a majority Olympic team take the field in, in, in Qatar uh, in the in the at the end of uh, next year. Obviously, John, the uh, the chanting from the Mexico fans uh, originally FIFA banned fan interaction at the Azteca for their first two home games. Uh, now, of course, it's been reduced to a single match, and that will be the uh, this coming Thursday against Jamaica. Is that advantage for Jamaica or still advantage for Mexico, regardless with fans there or not, for one match? And how lucky do you Honestly, think Mexico is 
uh-huh. against Jamaica, I think it's actually advantage Mexico because playing at the Azteca, I mean, first of all, it was never going to be full for Jamaica anyway. So they, they, they maybe have, and then if Mexico, you know, for the first 20 minutes, if they don't score, the fans would 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 would, would, would turn on the, you know, I mean, <laughs> they, they would they, they would they would turn on the team and and, and make things extremely difficult. So uh, I, I think not having that dynamic. Uh, it, it will, 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 will definitely help. Uh, I'm honestly expecting, uh, and I, I was really surprised that FIFA did that actually. But but you know with, with how Mexico was able, the, the fans um, comported themselves um, at, the, at the Gold Cup. I was fully expecting Mexico to play all of their World Cup games, uh, their home qualifiers uh, uh, in, in empty stadiums. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but. Uh, but, but I think that, you know, for the game against Jamaica, I think that, uh, that, that not having fans there is actually going to help Mexico, especially if, you know, the, the, the longer it goes without Mexico uh, scoring a goal. Um, and it seems like Jamaica is going to have – I mean, they're having a hard time uh, fielding a team anyway because of the, of, of the rules that, uh, that England has with, with, with where people can, can, can come from from other countries. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out. But, but I do think that uh, – you know, if Mexico can, can can get, you know, they that that is the one thing I think that that's that's going to be a saving grace. Mexico is, is that yeah, you are there, there are two additional teams because you get two additional home games, and uh, you know that's seven home games as opposed to the five. So if, if and I think if if you know, so that's what what twenty one points. If you can get you know seventeen eighteen points out of out of your home games, I think the chances are, are very good that that you're going to uh, qualify for the World Cup. And I think that that's uh, one area where uh, Mexico can do uh, well. Now, I do. I, I will say that I think that when it, you know, when the fans do come back, that there there are other other stadiums in Mexico. I think that would 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 give the team just an unbelievable amount of support and uh, and and help them. I, th- I think uh, the the new stadium Monterrey, I think, would be an excellent venue. Uh, I think uh, you know some of the. Uh, Smaller towns like like Leon, I think, who, who have a great fan base, would, would would be a good venue. So I don't necessarily think that the Azteca, you know, should, especially when they play the the, the Panamas and the El Salvadors. I think that there's um, that if they they they, they, they should seriously, seriously consider looking at, at, at playing in uh, in other parts of the country. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I mean, of course, I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be. You know, it, it, it would be nice, but uh, and then they go to Costa Rica, and, and frankly, I think that Daniel of all the teams that I think that are gonna that are gonna suffer in the in the upcoming, I think it's gonna be Costa Rica. I, ju- I just don't think that they've done enough to replace their their uh, their their golden generation, and then that generation, as we've seen, is, is in a pretty steep decline. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't think that they are that they have enough firepower to, uh, to, to, to make it to the top three. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not even sure they can make it to that fourth spot either. I think that Costa Rica is going to be uh, – they're going to be on the outside looking in this time. I think it's uh, uh, it's going to be very – it's going to be a very difficult uh, climb for them to, uh, to, to, to make it into the, in, into the top four. So, um, and then Mexico after that, they, I think they go to Panama. And you know, it's kind of the same thing, you know, Panama – uh, you know they they got their moment of glory in 2018, and, and it's, I just don't I just don't think that they have the uh, you know I think they're going to be one of one of one of the also rands when it's all said and done. You know, they'll be in the bottom half of the uh, of the eight. So it kind of sets up very nicely for Mexico as far as you know on paper at least. You know 
I'm not saying they're going to get the full nine points, but I think if, if, if they can get out with, you know, five or seven, I think that they, yeah. they, they would be very they would be very happy with that for, for these three games. I agree with you. One place I would put a match in for Mexico, uh, Monterrey's new stadium. Love the new stadium for Monterrey for oh, Rayados. Yeah, absolutely I, I, gorgeous, and the fans are terrific. And, yeah. And, 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 yeah. And they would give them the unconditional support that one would expect fans to give a national team when they're when they're playing a World Cup qualifier instead of the. And this hurts me coming, you know, as someone who's from Mexico City. You know, the, the, the very finicky Mexico City fans who. Uh, like most of Mexico and most of the Mexican media are, are, are stuck in the early 90s when it comes to the national team and playing CONCACAF thinking that, that they're just going to roll people. And it's just and yeah. it's just not the case anymore. And, uh, I mean, El Salvador, um, you know, just just with what Hugo Perez has done in, in a few months, I mean, what a transformation. I mean, mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would consider them a uh, – I mean, in my opinion, I think that there are three teams that are just a class above everybody else, and it's, it's, it's the U.S., Mexico, Canada. I think that those three teams yeah. were more than likely going to solidify their, uh, their, their World Cup tickets uh, without any problem. Uh, but that fight for, the, for that fourth spot, I think, is going to come down to El Salvador and, uh, and, uh, and Honduras and maybe Jamaica. Uh, but I do think Costa Rica and Panama are on the outs. But, I mean, El Salvador, uh, they got some talent and they got a good coach and uh, their motive. And they have, in my opinion, outside of the Azteca, the best home field advantage of any uh, CONCACAF nation. And, and with their stadium, like, was, I mean, that is, that's a tough place for any. I'd love to see Italy go to the Cuscatana and try and get some points out of that. That's a tough place to play. <laughs> it's a great stadium. It is a great stadium. It is a great stadium. And, and I'm so thrilled that, that, that they're back into it because that is, I mean, uh, the uh, the World Cup qualifying that all Mexico fans just love talking about is 1993, where they just rolled people left and right. They lost that team that was so good that was you know they were finalists in the, in the, in the first time played Copa America, lost at the Cuscata and, and almost and, and because that almost didn't make the World Cup because because um, they lost there at the at the Cuscata. It, it, it is a uh, it's a great venue and and, and I'm very happy for uh, El Salvador to be back into it. And I hope that, um, you know, I, I, I would love for them to see, that, uh, I hope for their sake that they're playing competitive uh, qualifying matches, uh, you know, in the last, uh, you know, four or five match days, just to see, you just see yeah. how, how difficult it is for folks, folks to go. So, um, <clears throat> I, I'm, like, like I said, I'm looking forward to this, uh, for, to, to this. I think that this is easily the most, the strongest that the, the, the Konkagaf has been in a long time. Uh, and uh, it should be. Uh, I, I don't think there's. I don't think there's any. I don't. I, I, I have a hard time believing that there's going to be any games that you can automatically. So that's going to be a win. I, I just with, with with what's been happening in the world, and I just don't think yep. that that's the case. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just it, it's going to be very difficult for everybody. Yeah. No, I agree with you there, John. John, thanks again for coming on. As always, I appreciate it. And. Uh, Hope to talk to you again soon. Enjoy the time doing your producing in the Austin, Texas uh, sports production business. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Daniel. And uh, and, and and as always, uh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 praying for your Jets. I'm always praying for your Jets. Daniel. I hope, I hope, I hope <laughs> the Jets have a good I hope so too. We'll see what happens. Thank you, John. All right. Cheers. Message Cheers. now. John Jagood, Press join. pound or hang up. And, uh, I'm going to try that again. Uh, my next guest is uh, my good friend, 
who is a Honduran reporter and Eduardo Solano. And let's see if we have yeah, him on now. My friend, are you there? Oh, my brother, yeah. What time is the, the show? Now. You're on the air now, my friend. Okay. Okay. So, Eduardo Solano joining me now. Honduran uh, reporter on Honduran football. Also a, uh, a philanthropist and a man that does wonderful things for his country whenever it's in need. And he does wonderful work for uh, his uh, countrymen uh, back in Central America. But I have to ask you, Eduardo, um, we have seen Honduras growing up very quickly, obviously. They've done well. They've qualified for the Olympics this past uh, summer. Uh, A lot of solid players have been getting their opportunities on the club level, now getting their chances on the international level. How happy have you been with their progress so far? Well, I'm very happy with the way uh, they're playing. They, um, lately, they've been playing a different style of football. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, it, it shows in the results that we've been getting. Um, there's, there's a whole bunch of new kids that have a lot of talent that give something different to the team. Um, kids that are not afraid to the challenge. And, and they've been growing a lot. And also with the experience from players like, like Kyoto, Ellis, um, even even Boniek, you know, Boniek, um, even though he doesn't really play as much, he, he's a person that everybody loves and admires, and he's the type of guy that's always giving advice, like having Maynard on the team, even though he's not playing with the Houston Dynamo. He's the most respected uh, soccer player in the country. So just having, like, all of those uh, – values in the team and a coach that believing in youth, it, it, it has made a significant change on the way the team is playing and the results. So I'm expecting Honduras to do pretty good um, in this qualifying. Do you expect them to challenge uh, for the top three automatic spots, or do you think they're going to be uh, going for the international spot if they finish in fourth? I think we're good enough to challenge for one of the three top um, places. And I want to tell you something, uh, Daniel. Even though the United States has a lot of quality, a lot of quality, a lot of great players that play in big clubs in Europe, like when you play CONCACAF, that's something different. It doesn't really matter where you play. It doesn't really matter if this kid is coming from the Bundesliga. It doesn't really matter if the other kid is coming from Chelsea or whatever. Like when you go play in San Pedro Sula, that's another game. That's another ball game. It's completely different. Like the heat 
the fan, the 18,000 fans that are going to be in the stadium, um, the grass, like there's so many things. And I'm going to tell you a story. I remember one day uh, Canada was going to play um, Honduras. So I walk into the locker rooms, like by the locker rooms, and I saw Kyle Lowry, and he he looks really nervous. Like, and I asked him, "What's what's good, bro? Everything good?" And he didn't ask me anything about the game. He just asked me why there's so many soldiers in here. I see a lot of soldiers with these weapons that I never seen in the United States. Like people crazy, people doing a lot of stuff. Like, it's like there's no regulations here. So it's going to be very difficult, like, playing in um, in Honduras. So and, and with the quality from the team, I'm pretty sure we're going to be competing. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I don't – this is what I always say. I, I you, you don't judge because – you know, some of our better players play in some of the biggest clubs in the world, whether it be in uh, in Europe or even in South America. You got to come home. You got to come to the confederation where you make your mark, and you cannot assume that it's a victory uh, on the road in this confederation because everyone's improved. Everyone's getting bigger. Everyone's getting better, and you know. To see what Honduras has done in these last couple of years has been amazing. Um, obviously tough for this past Gold Cup, but still, though, there's some pretty damn good talent out there that goes out and that they can destroy you on just a turn on a just just on a dime. Turn on a dime. It's just amazing how much progress Honduras has made uh, in these last. Three to two to three years. Obviously, the pandemic uh, did hurt a a bit, but still, though, there is plenty of talent here to go out and basically destroy opponents left and right. Yeah, I know. I know for Honduras is going to be like for every country. It's going to be very difficult to play in in the United States. Um, but like going to Honduras. That's going to be challenging for everybody. And that's another thing, too, that I always, that, that I feel. You know, when, when I see the players from the United States here, yeah, they, like, like, like we mentioned, like they play in big teams, like big, great players. But the physicality from the Honduran team is something that it might hurt them. And, and, and these kids, they 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 dogs, they dogs. So we'll see what happens. You know, I'm not really like that positive when it comes to playing in in the United States. Like, but going to Honduras is going to be challenging for everybody, for everybody. Who do you see from the Olympic team that qualified for Tokyo could be inserted in the roster? For these first three matches uh, in the next couple of days. Oh, there's a lot of players um, like Edwin Rodriguez. Edwin Rodriguez is a midfielder from Olympia. He he's he's like one of those uh, wonder kids, you know, and he's doing pretty good 
with uh, with the national team and uh, each one of the categories that he played. And I think he might be one of the starters. Um, I'm also excited to see uh, what Rigoberto Rivas is going to do. He started pretty good in uh, Serie B in Italy, playing with Regina. He's scoring goals. He's assisting. Um, he explained to me the other day that he wasn't playing as good because he was feeling his legs were, like, really, really heavy. So so when I asked him this week about how he feels now, he said, bro, I'm pretty good, man. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to show the world. So those two kids, I'm expecting them to do big things. And and another thing is there's another defender. His name is Jose Garcia. See him like the person that's going to take minor Figueroa's spot. And and if if it doesn't happen during the qualifying, he might be the man that's gonna be on that spot for for the upcoming years. That's amazing. That's just amazing to see what's going on. If I can ask you this, uh, outside of Mexico and the U.S., what which nation do you fear the most? Forget about the U.S. and Mexico. We know how strong they are. We know how good and, and how much depth that they have. If you are fighting for that third automatic spot, and if just in case you don't get it, and you go for the international spot in the fourth spot, who do you worry the most against these opponents in the octagon? Well, for us, it's always difficult to play against Costa Rica. Um, this is uh, the classic in Central America, but I don't think they as good as they used to be because their best players are getting old. And these young kids, they hasn't been able to prove that they have the quality to take the national team to the next level. But you know, it's a classical is the Central American uh, Classico. So I'm expecting Costa Rica to fight for that third place. I'm not really afraid about um, Canada because at the end of the day and over the years, like you always hear about Canada having like so many great players, but they always choke. They always do. And now they they have um, Alfonso Davies, they have uh, Kyle Laring, they have David... They have so many great players, but I'm expecting the same. I'm expecting them to choke. So we see. So we'll see what happens going forward. Any? So this is the prediction. Canada's going to choke. Costa Rica's too old. We don't know much about Jamaica. What do you think about El Salvador? I know about Jamaica. I was just paying attention to the roster today. There's a lot uh-huh. of players from USL. Mm-hmm. A lot of players from USL. Um, a lot of players from uh, MLS. I don't. I don't really see them like a very strong side. I'm not really worried about playing Jamaica. And actually, when we travel to the island, we usually get good results. And when they go to our country. Um, we do the same thing, so I'm not really worried about Canada, 
Um, El Salvador is very difficult to play in Cuscatlan. So we'll see what's going to happen um, on Sunday if Honduras is going to be able to um, pull it out in El Salvador. We'll definitely see. Yep, I'm we'll actually, definitely see. I'm Eduardo. actually planning to go uh-huh. to El Salvador. Ah, so you're already setting up for this. I see, I see. Well, I hope uh, you I have might, fun might in the sun. And you, uh... I might be going to El Salvador, and I might be going also to the United States game in Honduras. Well, you go and have fun, my friend. I know that you will be uh, enjoying the sights and the sounds, definitely for sure. So uh, I hope you have fun in going there. Eduardo, thank you very much as always for coming on the show. I appreciate it as always. I will talk to you again soon, okay? Take care, my brother. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you as well. Take care, Eduardo. Eduardo Solano, Honduran reporter covering, of course, the national team of Honduras and everything involving the country down in Central America. As always, previewing the United States, Carter Krishnire, World Soccer Talk, as we are going to sing the praises of our players, not only those that have been performing in Europe, but in MLS. Kardik, before we go into World Cup qualifying, Have you ever thought you would ever see in your lifetime a national team that has great young talent performing for big-time clubs and big-time leagues and some of the other European nations winning the Nations League and then you go out and get younger talent playing in MLS not not knowing what you got or knowing what you got, and then they go out and win the Gold Cup, and both of the victories were against Mexico. Did you ever thought in your lifetime you would see that? Um, well, we didn't have the Nations League until now, but uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I felt like um, 10, 15 years ago we were very much on the right track, and it was around 2009, 2010, you looked around at our youth development. You looked around at some of the players coming through. The um, I remember having this conversation with uh, – I, I hope uh, he doesn't get angry that I'm using the liberty of using his name here. I, I had the conversation with Richard Farley in 2009, late 2009, I remember, a long phone call we had one night where we were um, – maybe even around Christmas time, where we were talking to one another about, you know, the players coming through – the uh, the system right now at the youth level, they're not like they were five years earlier. I mean, we had some very good U-20 teams in 2005 and 2007, uh, 2001, 99. We had a great U-17 team and a great U-20 team. And um, we saw that we were coming into a cycle that was going to be very dry. So, yeah, I mean, maybe in the context of 2000. What, where we were in 2013, 2015, uh, 2017, yeah, this is this is unbelievable. But where we were in 2005 or 2007, I expected to be here in 2015. So we took a step back. I know there are people who, who make the argument, oh, everything is, is, is cyclical. That is true in smaller countries, right? Croatia is just getting over having a great generation, which included Modric and Rakitic and Mandzukic, uh, among others. Uh, and Perisic, right? 
they're a small country of 4 million people. It's going to take them a while to get back to that level. Uh, there are not cycles, really, when it comes to Spain, Germany. Um, you know, there can be a little bit of a down cycle, but not really when it comes to bigger countries. Italy, they missed the World Cup because Ventura was a bad manager. And uh, Spain, they're not really cycles. They may be slightly better, but you should never miss a World Cup, which we did. Um, but I'm really excited about this group. I'm really excited about um, the job Greg Berhalter has done in getting guys to play his system, which was something I think many times on this show, Daniel, you and I questioned whether that would actually uh, be something that you can you, – you, you, you tend to have to take a system from the club level and, and, and build it up through the club level um, – it's very difficult to take a, a top-down approach when it comes to system and the style of play. Uh, but Burhalter has been able to do it now in, in three years as manager of the U.S. team, and um, it's looking pretty good. It really is. I mean, I admit, I've been, uh, I've been a harsh critic of Burhalter. I've been hard on him, and I think rightly so, because I just, I just don't believe that you're bringing a system for a club team and then you're bringing it over to a national team where it just doesn't work. But I guess you had to find the right players to fit the system. And so far, what we have seen has been incredibly great. Um, obviously, two matches in the Nations League in the semifinal, the final, uh, came out huge. I mean, I thought maybe two out of the three group stage matches, the, it, it was the good results, but just not the performance that matched the results, but then they just turned it on and got the right performance for the right results in the knockout stages to defeat Mexico in extra time. Unbelievable stuff. And now we're seeing what he has done to not only merge players from the Nations League roster and the Gold Cup roster, but, you know, I mean, when you're seeing this roster right now, Midfielders, I have no problems with what I'm seeing. Attackers, I don't see an issue. Defenders, I feel pretty good. Maybe I'm a little off on Tim Ream, not saying that I hate Tim Ream. Obviously, I love Tim Ream when he was drafted by the Red Bulls, but I just feel like I just don't think he is national team material anymore. But if you've got to fill in a roster spot, you got to fill in a roster spot. Goalkeepers, once again... I mean, unfortunately, David Ochoa decided to make the switch to go to Mexico, which I thought it, it, he shouldn't have done it, but he did anyway. That's another time from the story. But to see Matt Turner have a big-time Gold Cup tournament and being big-time in goal, I really think Matt Turner has to start, if not in one, maybe two of these three qualifiers in September because – He's getting more playing time. I don't know if Ethan Horvath, who came off the bench and had a great, great substitution hero role uh, for the USA in the Nations League. I don't know if he's getting playing time or if he's a starting goalkeeper for Nottingham Forest. But to me, Matt Turner has to start at least two of these three games. Yeah, so so uh, real quickly before we get to, uh, uh, to that, I, I want to say that there were a lot of people – uh, in the coaching profession that um, had told me that um, that they love Burhalter, they really rate him, but that 
it is impossible for a national team coach to impart a system and a style having guys in training for, for, for one or two days before a match and that this was doomed to failure, what he was trying. Well, it turns out those people, these are high-level um, academy coaches, even a professional coach or two, uh, it, 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 it's worked out, and I think it's because you have a certain set of players. Yeah, in terms of um, the U.S. goalkeepers, it's going to have to be Matt Turner, uh, watched Nottingham Forest at the weekend, Samba uh, Forest against Derby I watched on Saturday, and Samba was in, in goal, Horvath was on the bench. Uh, and we know Stefan is not playing in, uh, at Manchester City and is not going to play. Ed Erickson is one of the top three or four goalkeepers in the world, so he's backing up the top guy. Um, Matt Turner, very, very good. Uh, Summer, really been in good form for New England going back to last year. Uh, really started, I, I think, Brad Friedel had an impact on his play. Uh, I know Friedel gets, uh, gets knocked for, his, uh, um, for, 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 for him as a coach, but I think he, he really uh, positively influenced uh, uh, the, the uh, performances of Matt Turner. I think that loan spell he had at Richmond a couple of years ago really helped him too. So when you look at this U.S. team, I think, um, for me, the best player on this team is John Brooks. He is the best American player right now in Europe. He is, uh, took Wolfsburg uh, really last season as their leader, leading from the back, and, and, and uh, fired them into the Champions League. There were other guys that were very good on that side, too. I'm not trying to downplay it, but I think Brooks was really their leader, standout central defender in Germany. So I think in John Brooks, you had, this weekend he was phenomenal in Wolfsburg's uh, 1-0 win. Problem is, Daniel, you mentioned it. You've got Brooks, and then you don't know about the other center backs. Timmy Ream is back in this team. Um, that's um, that's in, 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 uh, that time tells you where we're at. Walker Zimmerman's the guy I, I don't think you can ever really count on. Uh, I like Mark McKenzie, but can he make this step up to World Cup qualifying? Obviously, Sands is the guy that I think we were hoping gets paired with Brooks uh, next year in Cutter. Is Sands ready? to play center back. In fact, I think there was um, some concern on Greg Berhalter's part whether Sands could play um, in a two-man center back parent. I think those questions have kind of been answered, so maybe he gets the call, but that's the question. I think Brooks is our best player, but then the other center back position is a huge problem. And as good as John Brooks is, he can't do the job of two center backs. So that's, that's a big concern for me. Coming into the, these three qualifiers, I, I think that our midfield situation is very solid with McKinney, Adams, and Acosta. Those three guys, uh, I think, we're, we're set. They're all fit right now, which is rare, but they're all healthy, and we've got three qualifiers. So we can maybe bank some points in these three qualifiers with those, those three guys fit. Uh, obvi- obviously, uh, a little further forward, Sebastian Leggett, who I like a lot, uh, as, as a, uh, another option. And he's fit, right? He's often hurt. So we've got, we've got right now um, McKinney, Adams. Well, McKinney isn't hurt that often, but Adams, Leggett, and Pulisic, three guys that are constantly injured, are all healthy. So we should be excited about that. Up top, uh, obviously, uh, Josh Sargent is getting playing time for Norwich. He got a couple goals in the League Cup. Uh, hasn't looked particularly good in their Premier League matches, but they played uh, Liverpool, Man City, and Leicester. So they play three of the top five teams in the Premier League. You know, three of the, my, uh, 
when I picked the table at the beginning of the season, I had those three teams in the top five. They were all in the top five the last two seasons, too. So I, I don't know that you can judge his start at, at, at Norris. That was a really uh, jumping in on the defense. Timmy Weah um, obviously was on the league champion last year in, in France and in Lille. They've gotten off to a bad start. Uh, they're not going to win the league this year because Messi went to PSG. And I know the world's not going to win. I never heard uh, of him before. PSG <laughs> responded to losing the league by buying the whole planet. Um, but the guy I'm really excited about seeing is Brendan Aronson. And I he, agree. Is, he is playing at such a high level now. I have to tell you, I, um, I think that they're – I know this may seem sacrilegious for a lot of people, but I think that there is – we'll see how – Pulisic was great in the Mexico game in the Nations League. Although I think the standout performers that night were Acosta and McKinney, as we talked about after that game. Um, I think that if you look at um, Brendan Aronson, he's a guy who can slot in in Pulisic's spot. He could slot in in what we think might be Weah's spot. Maybe it's his spot, actually. He could – even push inside where Gio Reyna is. So you've got a really versatile player there. And then obviously you've got in, uh, um, in, in uh, Ricardo Pepe, a player who's now committed to the U.S., who I think is, uh, is phenomenal in MLS. And, and um, uh, are, are we calling him P-Folk uh, 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 now, um, Sebastian? <laughs> uh, I, I watched him with Young Boys the other day. He missed the penalty, but he was very good otherwise. Uh, in Young Boys game last week uh, in Champions League, and they and uh, he's a guy that I uh, um, I think is really a good ten or fifteen minute player coming off the bench if you need a goal late in a game or you need someone to influence the match and, and clear space for other guys. So yeah, I, I'm really excited about this team. Like you are, uh, Daniel. The only question is, you know, you've got the Rock and John Brooks, but he can't do two jobs. So James Sands hopefully can jump to that level because like you, as much as I love Timmy Ream through the years, you don't want to see him out there. Walker Zimmerman's not a guy I trust. And Mark McKenzie I like, but I don't know that he's quite got the upside Sands does, right? I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I agree with that. We need yeah. a partner. I, I like Mark. Yeah, we need a partner for Gun Brooks. Yeah. Yeah, we do. No, I agree with you absolutely. It's the middle of the park that right now you're having concerns about on that back line. You can't have John Brooks be the lone center back. He just can't. I mean, look, he does great things. He just can't do everything. Someone's got to be in there. Someone's got to help him out. Someone's got to give him some, some form of cover, not just for him, but also additional help for the goalkeeper. I will say this about Brendan Aronson, which I agree with you. He's not going to be at Salzburg for too long. I, I sense him transferring in the summer window uh, or in the spring window to go somewhere else and to fill in, whether it be in La Liga uh, Bundesliga, Premier League, or Serie A, I, I just see him going to a bigger and better club. Not saying that, you know, Salzburg's nothing to sneeze at or anything like that, but I really believe with Brendan Aronson, the way he I, has, I, has okay, really I, evolved I, I, so I'm going to record something here, Daniel. We're, we're going to make a little bit of news here if people are listening. There is a Premier League club that is tracking, that I know for a fact is tracking Aronson right now. And, uh, in fact, I know one of their scouts, and, and that scout reached out to me. So I'm just going to say that he might end up there. I don't know if it'll be in January or if it'll be next summer before the World Cup, but he, there's a good, there's, there is at least, and, and 
the scout has admitted to me that they're not the only ones looking at the guy. So, um, yeah, you're on to something. He's going to be somewhere, whether it's January or next uh, July. Uh, very uh, – I mean, we, we kind of knew when we saw him in Philly, but he's just taken it to another level now. Yeah. No, he really is. I mean, he was really that good – playing with Jim Curtin at the Union, and then he finally transfers out, uh, going to Jesse Marsh at Salzburg. And, of course, we know where Jesse is right now. He's with Red Bull Leipzig in the Bundesliga. But still, though, Brendan Aronson, to me, you saw, you see it for yourself. That kid's got something special and how quickly he has really elevated. I mean, how do you score on a Barcelona side that at the time had Lionel Messi in, in, an, in an international, you know, at least an international friendly, and he beats... Barcelona at the Red Bull Arena in Salzburg. How does that happen that you beat Barcelona, who they had Messi at the time before he went to PSG? I mean, that's just unbelievable. And you're thinking to yourself, hey, Brendan Aronson's probably like, well, if I can beat Messi, I can beat anybody. <laughs> yeah. So what we're looking for on this side is some balance, right? Because I think the, the, the question is um, – in that midfield, we talked about it. Do you play Adams as a six, McKinney as an eight? And then I would say uh, it depends. You, I, I kind of like playing Leggett centrally, honestly, uh, in the middle. Of, uh, but then you can't get both Pulisic and, and uh, Rain on the team, right? So I like Sebastian Leggett a lot. I know I get, a lot of people are going to cr- criticize me for that. But I think he's – also a more mature veteran player, a player that has had really his hard knock. We thought when he was at West Ham United at 16, he was the next big American star, gets into a car accident, uh, then has a stop-start career, right? And he's got to have all these injuries. I think if Leggett, we, we just talked to hit on it, right? right? Uh, John Brooks and Sebastian Leggett. If those two guys weren't injured in 2017, we qualify for the 2018 World Cup. We probably qualify if Brooks doesn't get hurt. I mean, what Bruce Arena said in a month later, he said, look, I, I wasn't planning to not have John Brooks for the last four qualifiers, and um, we don't have our other center backs aren't as good as him. Now, unfortunately, four years later, we're still in that position. We are still a John Brooks injury away from maybe I, – I, I think we'll qualify this time. We have too much talent. But we're a John Brooks injury away from yeah. not winning the octagonal. Yeah, that, that, uh, I would say Mexico will win it if Brooks gets hurt like he did last time. So, but – Brooks and Leggett are fit now, and Brooks is coming off. I, I know all of our American fans wanted to talk about Pulisic and, um, and Death and McKinney and Adams last year, which is great. Those are our young talents. They're on top clubs. But no American had a season like John Brooks. And guess what? Wolfsburg spoiled the Champions League party coming from nowhere, getting into the top four in Germany because, largely because of him. He, he was that good. So, um, anyway, getting back to what we were saying, Adams as a, as a six, McKinney as an eight, um, Leggett potentially as a ten, or you play Reyna there. I'd like to get Kellen Acosta into this team, and I think we're, he's going to be useful in qualifying. Maybe the Canada game, because you've got these quick turnarounds, right? Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday. Maybe that, that Canada game, that middle game, which is the home game, you need to rotate. So you start Acosta. Um, McKinney, you know, unfortunately, so here, here, here's the problem. So I just said it, Pulisic, uh, you can always spell him with Aronson. Reyna, you can always spell him with Leggett. Um, Weah, 
Aronson are kind of interchangeable. You can pull, or you can maybe rotate Sargent and uh, Sivaccio. Uh, Pepe can come in and do a job. Who do you have to spell Weston McKinney? I think Weston is going to have to play all three games. Thursday, Sunday, I, yeah. Wednesday, with travel. Six, game, uh, six days, three games, travel, 90 minutes in each game. I hate to say it. Weston McKinney is a guy. See, Brooks is a center back, so you can, he, he does less running. McKinney is a guy I don't think we can pull out of the lineup at all. That's, that's one concern I have. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I mean, I, I hate to call you crazy, but I think, I, I think you're right. I think, well, I think what, this is what they have to do. This is what I think Burhalter needs to do here. If you're comfortable with a lead or you're comfortable with having, uh, you know, a dominating performance in one of these games on the road, I mean, especially in the El Salvador game, I think that's the game where you really, I mean, you, you can't take them for granted. El Salvador, Hugo Perez has done a fantastic job with, with that national team. But if you can put doubt in El Salvador and you can give Weston McKenney, I would say maybe an hour to 65, 70 minutes and you have a two or three goal lead, then I say sub him out and save him for Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I because think, that's the only way um, I think you can, his, you can you can save McKenny from his from his from his uh, you know from tired legs because that's the only way you're going to do anything big. Yeah. So so managing McKinney's minutes is going to be critical because there is no one else in the U.S. pool. I, I know I said earlier uh, Brooks is the uh, is, is is the irreplaceable player. I guess we really have two guys that we don't have uh, anyone at their level playing the same position. Um, in the worst case scenario, I guess you could play Acosta there, uh, but I like Acosta a little deeper. So uh, I think the dynamism rolled on. Obviously, is on this roster. I, I don't. Uh, I, I think that's a huge drop off. No offense. I know Sounders fans get very angry if you you <laughs> think you diss one of their players. Uh, there, that fan base is, is more uh, lively than any fan base in, in, in MLS or USL. But um, I, uh, I I I don't think. You can you can uh, spell McKinney at all. So the Canada game is interesting. I that's the game where I think you can rotate. You can probably play uh, Aronson instead of Pulisic, and you have Pulisic on the bench if you need him. You can play Leggett instead of Reyna. You can play uh, Acosta instead of Adams. You can't play anyone instead of Brooks. So it's going to have to be maybe you play Brooks and Sands in one game, and Brooks and uh, uh, McKenzie in the next, right? And then. Um, yeah. That that that's uh, unless we think I, I don't know how Verhalter is approaching this. I think they're all equally difficult games. You have to think of qualifying that way. But if you if you if you're looking at who has the weakest side of the three sides we're facing, it is El Salvador. But at the same time, that is the first match, and that is an away match. So um and it's a place we've been tripped up before i remember qualifying in 2009 we fell behind two nil to them and needed uh uh two late yep. goals to get to get out of there with a draw under bob bradley so it, it's a tricky tricky uh matchup that having been said i mean if you look on paper uh and i know these math these things aren't decided on paper particularly since canada is a 
historically underachieving country, but they have Alfonso Davies and they have Jonathan Davis, right? <laughs> Other, I, even Mexico, I don't know if Mexico has two players that good. Maybe they do, but um, Canada still kind of scares me. Uh, when you look at the squad that they have and the, uh, the fact that they have never really put it together at this level, but when you think about the guys that are on that team, with Davies and David and Junior Hoyland, who I think is a is a pretty uh, been a pretty good uh, kind of long term player in England, and and and, and uh, obviously Mark Anthony Kay, who who we who, who I think really highly of in MLS, and you 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 go through even the veterans, uh, uh, some of the other veteran players they have. Richie Larea is now a bit of a veteran. Uh, it's a uh, uh, it's a squad that kind of scares me. Uh, Lucas Cavallini is another player at MLS that I, I rate pretty highly. So, uh, you know, you look on paper, that's the toughest game, but that's also the game at home. And that's also against a country that's not really ever put it together. So um, I think you have to approach yeah. all three of these matches as if they're of equal difficulty. All right, Cardiff. So who do you think goes to the three automatics and who goes to the fourth place international playoff? Okay, so three automatics will be Mexico, the United States, and I'm hedging on whether it's Honduras or Costa Rica. I think it's probably going to be um, – I, I want to say it's going to be Honduras because I think they have a better set of players now, and the Costa Rica team is on the back end of their, uh, 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 of their, um, of their run, so to speak. I mean, in fact, I think uh, uh, this, is, this is a uh, – um, a, a team that is missing a lot of pieces that they've had in the past. Uh, the, although they still do have uh, some incredibly experienced players. Borges is still there. Ruiz is still there. And uh, uh, Joel Campbell is still there. And these are two, uh, th- th- that is kind of the formula Panama used, the last dance for their guys to get to the World Cup in 2018. Um, so I am probably going to lean Costa Rica and go Honduras fourth into the playoffs. Uh, but, again, that's assuming Canada doesn't put it together because they never have. And, and quite frankly, Canada has a manager that, um, that I, 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 uh, I think has no business being in the job uh, in John Herdman. But, you know, maybe he gets the job done. And it's no accident to me that Canada has now won the gold medal in the women's game after Herdman left the women's team because they have, they're being better managed now. Uh, I, not a manager I like at all, uh, but um, they have so much talent. They could very easily finish second or third in this. But uh, it's because of management and because I rate um, the, Costa Rica, uh, the Costa Rica setup and, of course, Suarez being, you know, an experienced manager – I, I rate them higher, and Honduras, I think, has a lot of young talent. They have a lot of experience in these situations, and um, they still have uh, players that are incredibly experienced that can help guide them through this, at least at the beginning of qualifying in, in Garcia and Minor Figueroa. So um, let's do that, and we'll go Canada fifth. Jamaica really hurt by the travel restrictions, by the way, from England. So I thought Jamaica had a shot to be in that top four. They're going to. They're going to. Uh, they're going to. After this set of qualifiers, they're going to be really cut adrift. Unfortunate. Really kind of unfair. I agree with Taylor Twoman that it it kind of skews things now that they have these travel restrictions. 
Um, but yeah, Jamaica's got um, uh, Jamaica's got a real hurt now because they uh, they're, they're missing out on some of their better players, and uh, hopefully COVID is solved and the next set of qualifiers they have them. But it's very possible Jamaica may not have their best players until January. Think about that. So they'll be out. They yeah. Won't make it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. All right, Carl, thanks for joining me tonight, and uh, talk to you again soon with the post-match shows, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Yep, you too. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Carl Krishnire, World Soccer Talk, joining me. Uh, it's about the U.S. and everyone else. Uh, my final thoughts here real quick. USA, Not this is not who's going to finish. USA, Canada, Mexico will go to the automatic spots, and I think Honduras will take the uh, the fourth-place playoff. I want to thank my guests tonight, John Jagu, uh, Eduardo Solano, and, of course, Carter Krishnire from World Soccer Talk. This is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me Thursday night for USA at El Salvador World Cup qualifying post-match show. We might do a pregame show. We'll take a look and see. Other than that, thank you for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.